1: You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 271, How to get out of a funk with Natalie Norton. Now I am sure I'm not the only one who was feeling a little bit out of sorts, not quite myself, a little low on the energy, lacking the spark, and just that sense of, hmm, this is me when I wake up in the morning. Now, we all go through funks, and I think they're fairly often, actually. I think it's just a part of life. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean that we also need to dismiss them right away. Sometimes it's all about feeling the feelings, right? But we still want to feel more like ourselves, My guest today, Natalie Norton, is going to walk us through what to do when you are in a funk and how to walk yourself through it in ways that are going to really help you yeah, feel the feelings, but also move through them so that you can find yourself again. One important distinction we make in this interview together is that a funk is a little different than full-blown depression and anxiety. And while they can be connected in many ways, we don't mean to downplay the the severe symptoms of, you know, chronic depression and anxiety. But even if that is you, and it's been me in the past too and still is from time to time, we know that this episode can also help you in that regard too. Natalie's been through a fair share of really significant hard trials, but also, you know, routine funks. So we talk about both in this episode, but primarily what to do when you're just not feeling like yourself. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packard, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. If you were just tuning in this month and you missed our last episode of June, I am going to remind you that this month we are devoting each week to some of the best episodes in our past, over 270 episodes now, so we are doing an encore with Natalie Norton. It's going to be an incredible month, and I'm excited to re-expose you to some interviews from our past that are crowd favorites and my own personal favorites as well. Now, if you want to be in the know this month, I'm going to be taking more of a break from Instagram and other things. I will still be very active on my membership group, The Strive Tribe, which is currently closed for our enrollment. I'm going to be there. And I'm also going to be in my weekly go-getter newsletter. This is where I help you tap into your inner go-getter. We send you a weekly newsletter. I share more of what's going on in my life and the personal connections to the interviews that we've had among other things. I would love to have you join us there. You can go to aboutprogress.com slash go-getter to sign up for that. Now I have a quick announcement for you. I told you that we're gonna shift some things about what's coming up with our community. We have the Dear Progressor episode, which was every single month for the past year and a half. I am now going to switch that to every other month. That way we have a little bit more time to collect the submissions. Now, here is the most important and exciting news I have for you. From the beginning, I have always wanted to hear from regular women in this community. And I want to highlight you even more than the Dear Progressor episode. The Dear Progressor episode is a great bite-sized way to share your voice and what you've learned and your life experiences. But I know that so many of you out there have expertise from your own life and from your own progress stories that you have to share with us. So at least once a month, every other month, and I'm hoping it can turn into a monthly thing, but for now we're gonna alternate it with the Dear Progressor episode. I want to do a regular interview with a regular listener. And when I say regular, I'm not ty- trying to downplay or dismiss who you are. What I'm trying to say is while well, I love experts, I love having coaches on here, therapists, counselors, people who have, um, maybe they're motivational speakers, or authors, that's phenomenal. And I love hearing from experts. But I also believe you, our listeners, are experts of your own life and your own story. And you have a progress story to share with us. So I'm going to ask you to do something that is very brave. I want you to apply to be on my show. Now, what I have for you at aboutprogress.com slash on the show is more details on that. But if you've ever thought, man, I could te- teach about this whole topic Go and submit an application. For July only, I am accepting applications to be on my show for the rest of 2020. And when you are applying, you will see the next, um, the fall's monthly themes so you can know, okay, this is a topic I am prepared to talk about and you can prepare your pointers and you can share your ideas for the show and submit it. Again, I love experts, but you, a regular listener, are an expert too, And I want more of your voices to be on the show in even deeper and more teachable ways. So to find that out, either how to be on a Dear Progressor episode or how to submit an application to pitch yourself to be a full-blown guest on the show, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. Okay, it's now time for me to turn over to this Encore episode with Natalie Norton. It's one of my favorites. And honestly, right now, I told you at the end of June, I needed a break. And it's because I've been feeling in a real bad funky funk. Um, So this episode was especially timely for me. And I'm sure it's going to be for you too with all the things that are going on in the world right now and all the unknown that is to come. So I hope you enjoy this episode with my dear friend, Natalie Norton.
2: My name is Natalie Norton, and I live on the North Shore of Oahu with my husband Richie and um, our three sons, Raleigh Cardin, and Lincoln. Um, I'm a retired photographer and I've recently moved into the world of podcasting. Um, I'm still working as a life coach and doing a lot of different kinds of business development coaching and um, personal development coaching. But this podcast is really my main gig right now, that and being a mom
1: Oh, and you were so wonderful at it. You've changed so many lives. I think you're one of the first people I really started following on Instagram, um, who, yeah, who just really spoke to my heart. I mean, authentic is such a big word these days for, you know, a good reason, but often not really what authentic was supposed to be for, you know, (laughs) and, but you were there for, for the right reasons right away. And you've changed so many lives because of that. So I'm so grateful you're here. Well,
2: thank you. And I appreciate you saying all of that. Like, It really has been a concerted effort. And so um, Mm -hmm. when people recognize it in that way, it really is meaningful. So thank you so much.
1: Well, you deserve it. Well, today, Natalie, we're here to talk about something I consider you an expert in. And, you know, people who are experts have had to invest, you know, I think it's thousands of hours into something. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, you have had experience in the mess of progress and how it's never easy to grow and it can be it can be confusing and stressful and challenging and all of that so i just wanted to start this interview by asking what has progress looked like for you and how has it been messy for you
2: wow um that first of all i just want to acknowledge um, the hours thing that you mentioned but I think isn't that Malcolm Gladwell who talks about yes the number right. of hours it takes to achieve like your expert status and something and I've honestly never sat and thought about that before yeah as it relates to like my own <laughs> messy
3: progression <laughs> yes
2: but 100% for sure you're right mm-hmm. I am absolutely an expert at this point mm-hmm. in um, the messy path of progression not just progression but the kind of progression that sways and Ebb's and flows. I think that if you were to take an aerial view of um, my path to get from where I was, maybe five or ten years ago, to where I am now, it might look a little bit like shoot some ladders. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, like. That the the important thing is that I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, right? And mm-hmm. um, I'm I think I'm. I, not I think, I know, I can say with certainty that I am absolute evidence of the fact that persistence pays off,
3: mm-hmm. even
2: your meager efforts, um, as long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, or sometimes you're going to be on your hands and knees, and it's going to be one hand and one knee in front of the other, but as long as you keep moving in the right direction, eventually um, it pays off.
1: Oh, yeah. I You know, I would love... I know you have many examples of this, but what's something at top of mind for you that comes um, up that, you know, well, this is a great example of that?
2: Oh, goodness. Um, It's tricky because some of the examples that I have from my life, just because my my own circumstantial experience has been a little bit unique to what most people experience, Mm -hmm. um, it makes it maybe a little bit less relatable. So let me share maybe two examples. I would love that. Really quickly. So, the first would be um, after the death of my son, um, my our little boy Gavin passed away, and he died just um, just about two years after my brother Gavin passed away, mm-hmm. and both of those losses obviously affected us deeply. Um, my brother had lived with us on and off for five years prior to his death, and in many ways was like a son more mm-hmm. than um, a sibling, yeah. and I think that that added a lot of complexity and. When something like that shows up, the totality with which it um, overtakes your life is absolutely complete. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard. And I I remember the years, I mean, not just weeks, not just Mm -hmm. months, Mm -hmm. years of feeling compromised and feeling like no matter how hard I worked or how much effort I put in, I, I was broken and I couldn't move at the same pace as everyone else. And everything felt sloppy and foreign and hard. And um, it, it, it was incredibly discouraging from time to time. But as I reminded myself of um, truly this phrase came to my mind over and over and over again. And I've come to learn over the years that that's sort of the way that God communicates with me. A phrase will come to my mind consistently. And in this mm. case, it was, it was slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't communicating the desire to win or to overtake anyone or, but just the idea that every effort I made, even though it may be feeble was meaningful and wow. I held on to that, um, belief and yeah, maybe it took us a little bit longer to to accomplish some of the quote unquote milestones, um, that we saw some of our peers and friends reaching, but, um, but we did it. And, and I wouldn't change anything because yes, I would love to have my brother back. I would love to have my son back. Yeah. But um, I think that the depth of growth that took place, it wasn't just a superficial growth during those years of our lives. Necessity pushed us into this place where we had to dive deep and I would never change that because it's blessed us so, so much. Um, wow. Then in more like maybe digestible or relatable level um, I remember a period of time where I was really, really working to, um, build up my physical strength and stamina. I wanted to run this race. It was just like a little 5k or something. And this was very recently. And every day I would get up, I had a plan for how many miles I needed to be able to run by this date and what time I would run each day and what workouts mm-hmm. I would do to stop. I like, I really, I had it all planned out, like, even in terms of the types of foods that I would eat. And so I was ready, I was ready to go. And it felt like during the period of time I had set aside for that training every single day, something that was completely outside of my control came up and just took my feet out from under me. Like either a kid was sick or it was pouring rain. So I couldn't go hike the way I had planned or, I got sick. I got a recurrent sinus infection during that period of time. Oh, and wow. it was so
3: frustrating. Mm-hmm.
2: And I just felt like every time I would get up, I would get pushed back down again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end, I still completed the race. I did the best that I could. I didn't do amazingly well. I didn't finish first. I didn't finish last. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I did what I could with what I had and everything worked out. But it was very frustrating.
1: You know, I think regardless of if someone has experienced either one of those scenarios, you know, I relate to feeling compromised. I relate to feeling frustrated over a slow grow. And yes, I haven't dealt with those devastating losses you have. Um, But all of us, to an extent, understand the, the slow grow there and the frustration behind that. And, you know, part of growth, too, is what we call a funk, you know, when... I don't know how else to describe it. it just feels like you have cement uh, yeah. tied to your feet, but mentally, physically, emotionally, it can be a whole number of ways. What does that look like for you?
2: Some of the things that I find specifically that show up are I, I lose interest in mm-hmm. things that normally I enjoy, and it doesn't mean that I'm depressed or that I'm in like some kind of clinical depression spiral, but just in general, like it yeah. could be you know, I just, I don't want to get up and get ready for the day. I don't want to take a shower. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I, nothing is as funny as it used to be or everything kind of seems as though it's dimmed a little bit. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, just that, that disengagement from, from the, the place in my spirit and in my soul that normally feels so vibrant and alive, it just feels mm. flat. Kind of like when you've shaken up a soda, right. Yes. And then you, Lid, and then you drink it and it just doesn't taste right because it's mm-hmm. flat. Yes. That's sort of how my spirit feels <laughs> In <Yeah>. my <laughs> Okay,
1: you've already described this perfectly because I like that you you were able to talk about this is kind of a different level thing. This is not, you know, a deep depression or anxiety no. spiral. This is a little different. It's, you know, not the step above. They're kind of separate things. But yeah, this yeah. loss of yourself, really, right? Just feeling like you're not yourself.
2: Yep. Whether it's clinical anxiety and depression or a funk that is caused by different triggers, mm-hmm. there are things in both instances that I have found to be incredibly beneficial. Um, clearly, when you're dealing with clinical depression, there are added elements, things yeah. like going and talking to your medical provider, your your primary care physician or your psychologist or um, a trusted friend, right? There's there's things that are added unto the work that we're talking about, but really, on in the most basic on the most basic level, there's a lot of crossover, honestly. Yeah. What do you think that is? Um, for me, and it, it sounds silly. I I hate to like I hate to generalize and say this will work for everyone, but for myself and almost every single client I've ever worked with one of the most important things is hygiene and I know that that sounds silly and I know like some people are sitting there going hygiene what are you even talking about that's so dumb but getting in <laughs> the shower every day even if yes. you get out you put your pajamas back on and you climb back into bed there's something about caring for your physical body wow that sort of triggers something inside of you that says hey mm-hmm. you are a living being that needs to be nurtured and cared for,
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: know from I, I know that we, we hadn't planned on really talking about depression, so I'm sorry to keep bringing this up. But this is what even it's during times. Okay, well, even during times when I was in the deepest, darkest hole of depression,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I it sounds silly to anyone from the outside looking in because it's such a hard thing to um, wrap your head around if you haven't experienced it. But getting up and getting in the shower truly, on some level, felt like No different than someone saying to me, hey, could you just run out really quick and climb Mount Everest? Like, it's incredibly (laughs) challenging. Yes. But I know, I know it is Mm non-negotiable. And um, so whatever the situation, if I'm feeling gross, like, or flat, or confused, or overwhelmed, or let's just throw out that blanket statement. If I feel as though I'm in a funk, first and foremost, I brush my teeth and I take a shower. Hmm. It can be that basic. I love that. Yeah. 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 It, it really um, just goes to show um, how much of our suffering exists in our minds because truly there's nothing magical about a shower, Mm -hmm. but it's a pattern interrupt. You know, all the other things I've also said, yes, all of that is true and real as it relates to waking us up to our, the fact that we're a living being who deserves care, but also we're interrupting a pattern. Like we're interrupting whatever we're doing and, Turning right or turning left. Pattern interrupts can really, really help kind of shake us out of whatever we're stuck inside of. Um, Some other things that really help are getting outside.
1: Yeah. um, Spending time
2: in nature. Three deep breaths is, again, seems like a silly thing, but focusing on embodying yourself. There is so much power there. Because it sort of brings us back to ourselves and we're no longer out there floating in, an, in, you know, oblivion, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I love that you're giving us some really doable tools because when you're in a funk, I mean, it seems like either you have to do these grandiose things to get out of it or you just don't even try.
2: Yeah. Well, which is one of the reasons that I think we stay stuck. Because mm-hmm. everything sounds really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And also, let's be honest, there are periods of time, and we just have to take ownership of this as responsible adult human beings. There are periods of time when we find a, a sense of catharsis in our funk, right? Yes. Like, it almost feels good, or mm-hmm. it almost feels well-deserved. And so we sort of want to camp out there. And so if we're trying to break free of that, but we're in that space of catharsis or apathy sort of... um. It's a lot harder to convince ourselves that breaking free is something we really want to do. and if you make the the barrier to entry to getting back into feeling like yourself again, some huge that needs to be done, some huge project.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think we almost adopt the idea that it has to be really big because then that also gives us another reason to not try. You know, it's one of those weird little (laughs) tricks we do on ourselves. Why do you think we we love to do this to ourselves, put ourselves in this position of martyrdom um, instead of realizing these small, simple steps of basic self-care and mindfulness and presence can make a big difference.
2: We, as human beings, and particularly women, um, we're sort of socially conditioned towards needing a tremendous amount of empathy because we're also conditioned towards providing so much empathy and love,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um, which is wonderful. It's one of the most sacred and beautiful parts of being a woman. But often what happens is if we've been going, 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 and we don't feel as though we're seeing any kind of recognition, for what we may be experiencing or what may be, um, or or how much we're investing. It can be, it can, we can sort of get into a funk where we feel as though um, like the word you used martyrdom, um, that's a really good one. Often we feel as though we're martyrs and um, no one sees how much we do and no one sees how much we give and no one sees what we're suffering through. Um, And because of that, we, We feel this like holy kind of like uh, possession over these feelings that we have, even though they're feelings we don't want, Mm. (laughs) even though they're feelings we don't like. It's like as a matter of principle, right? And one of the things that I've found to be really successful is developing a relationship of empathy and love within yourself. I have found it incredibly powerful to develop that friendship with myself and that empathy with myself when I've developed the ability really to breathe deep and to, again, goes back to the idea of embodying myself and Mm -hmm. speaking those truths that I need to hear from the outside to myself. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. Natalie, I know it sounds silly, but I'll talk to myself in the third person. Hey, Natalie, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And I know that you're feeling really angry right now, or I know that you're feeling really sad or overwhelmed or, afraid and I just want you to know that all those feelings are valid and I see how hard you're working and I see how hard you're trying and I want you to know that I'm here right and I know that I know I get it I get that these things just seem so silly but I would say you know of the top 10 ways I've learned to get myself through a hard thing that's right up there with everything else it's it's really um a great practice and it's just a great way to develop um self trust and to develop um a greater es- esteem for yourself top to bottom really
1: well and i love that this can carry you through something as debilitating as grief that can't be rushed and something on a different level just a basic funk um it really does go back to these doable ways of embodying ourselves you know you ta- you mentioned the thing um about triggers like how we can be triggered into a funk and What came to mind as you were just sharing this is it seems like we've lost ourselves. We've lost this embodiment of ourselves. Uh, What do you have to say about that as well as what are some other triggers that people can be aware of, of what might be initiating this time in their life where they don't feel like themselves?
2: Yeah. um, One of the the most invisible triggers that I think people face is um, anything that they're avoiding. I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you if this is something that is truthful for many other people, but I would say that my number one, um, the number one trigger for me as it relates to getting into a feeling of, of being in a funk quote unquote would be avoidance. Um, I'll find myself, you know, gravitating towards wanting to watch more television than normal, or I'll find myself craving more sugar than normal. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that same programmed response, wanting to kind of push those feelings down with, with distraction of any kind, whether it's food or entertainment, um, and if I can just take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm going to let myself watch Netflix. That's fine. But before I turn the TV on, I'm going to ask myself why it is that I want to watch Netflix. Is it just because I've had a long day and I need a break? Or is there something that, that's going on internally that I'm avoiding? Yes. And often it's the latter, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can catching ourselves in the beginning, um, we can really realign And back to that idea of having a relationship with ourselves, we also have the opportunity to say to ourselves, like, let's say that I'm going to go turn on Netflix and I have this sudden thought, um, or I do that self-evaluation and I realize that I'm avoiding some big writing project that I have to get done. Um, Because I'm just worried on some level, whether I'm aware of it or not, I'm worried that I'm not going to be good enough at it, that I'm not going to do a good enough job. And once I tune in, I realize that taking a deep breath and saying to myself, Natalie, I want you to look at your track record. You're a good writer.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You're capable of doing really hard things. And I know you're afraid and I'm here for you. And it's okay. We'll do this together. It seems, again, ridiculous. And yet those are the kinds of conversations I'm having with myself every single day. I've, I've taught myself to become my own grief companion or my own therapy doc. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And um, there's just so much power there. So uh-huh. much power there. Self-awareness is really at the heart of all of this work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get out of the funk, I, I I promise you that the key is becoming self-aware. And we can be triggered, triggered by all kinds of things. It could be something that someone else says. It could be a thought that we think. We aren't even aware that we thought. Maybe it's, oh, I don't like the way that I that I look in this outfit, right? And we don't even realize that we thought that, that thought. And yet, that thought could kind have of magnetized us, like stuck into this vortex we call being in a funk. It right? uh, could be worrying about the future or staying stuck in thoughts about the past. Okay. Anytime we're not in happy present moment, we have a lot higher propensity of feeling off. Yeah. Um, because the only place we can really experience is here and now, right? Try mm-hmm. to do something yesterday. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Try to do something tomorrow. You can't. The only place that we can affect any kind of change. Do anything or think or be is here and now. And so, if we find ourselves constantly replaying things from yesterday or thinking about things for tomorrow, we're going to feel off, mm-hmm. right? And when we come back to the present moment and become self-aware, um, we get our power back. And mm-hmm. that, in and of itself, could be a huge, huge gift as it relates to getting ourselves out of ourselves when we do find ourselves in that space, and also maybe even um, curbing our propensity towards falling into that space in the first place.
1: Definitely. And, you know, for me, I think another trigger that is related to this is comparison. And, you know, you talk about how a cure is being self-aware. I think comparison is where you put the spotlight on you in a way that you're not realizing, where you compare yourself to others from almost like a selfish point of view of not really seeing yourself for who you are. It's this weird kind of uh, flip-floppy thing, like you're paying too much attention to yourself, but not in this way that you really are self-aware. Um, you're only uh, aggrandizing the things you don't love about yourself and comparing that to someone else at their peak. So h- what is self-awareness? I you, you touch on this, but how is that different than only thinking about yourself or getting caught up in that comparison
2: okay so there's two things here um one thing first I want to speak to what you said about comparison Mm -hmm. um just in and of itself away from self-awareness and I want you to imagine we've all done this before like on a camp out or whatever telling scary stories you have the flashlight right and you shine it underneath your chin and what happens right The, the shadows that that are cast and the or by your chin and the light that's allowed to enter up onto your face creates kind of that ghoul like scary Mm -hmm. representation of your face right and then if you take that same flashlight and you shine it right on someone's face they don't have any of those weird shadows right because the Uh, light is hitting everywhere on our face equally and so when it comes to comparison it's not even a matter of you comparing yourself to like someone else's success or someone else's amazing thing. It also has to do with the angle from which you're viewing that amazing thing. Mm -hmm. You have a very limited perspective and that perspective is skewed by so many different things. You're seeing it through a lens of your own past experience. You're seeing it through a lens of a lot of assumptions that are being made. Like, and then you're seeing yourself with that shadow cast under your chin that makes you look crazy and scary, right? Mm -hmm. And so remembering in a moment of comparison that you're not seeing actual reality you are seeing a representation of reality and choose to just break free choose yeah. say, say, oh no I'm not I'm not going to fall into this like I'm just not going to go there I'm not going to fall into this trap because I know that nothing is as it seems and yeah. that all I'm seeing and experiencing right now is a version of reality and it's not reality itself. And mm-hmm. truly don't allow yourself to use any more space or energy for that kind of thinking. And can it be hard? For sure. So what do you do? Maybe you create a mantra where any time, if you have a real propensity towards falling into comparative thoughts, maybe you have a mantra that says, I am more than enough in all situations because I am filled with divine might. Just made that up off the top of my head. It's probably Ooh. not the best one.
1: No, but well, fine. I think that's amazing. Too.
2: Find one that works for you. And mm-hmm. anytime you fall into comparison comparative thinking, repeat that mantra. And then you're suddenly shifting the focus to this new thing. And you're filling up that space that used to be available for comparison with something new and positive. And over time, these things become habitual. They mm-hmm. really do. Like the same way that I that I mentioned, I it's become a habitual um, response for me when I'm you know, in a funk or when I'm feeling really like like I'm not being seen and lonely or whatever to become my friend and say, Hey, Matt, I'm here for you. You're doing a great job. I see it. I recognize it. We can do this together. You're strong enough. You're brave enough. We can do this together. That's become a habit for me. You asked specifically about self-awareness. And in the most simple sense, um, self-awareness is just being very aware, of your own presence in your life of what you're feeling in any given moment of what you're doing in any given moment. It's focusing your attention and your evaluation on your own behavior and your own internal standards and your own values Hmm. rather than on everything that's coming from the outside in. And the goal in self-awareness in order to approach it in a way that is is ha- as healthy as can possibly be, is we want to do this. We want to engage in this kind of awareness from a space of neutrality. We want to be as objective as we possibly can. Um, because often when I say to people, you know, we need to be more self aware, if their internal self is full of self criticism and yeah. judgment and all these lies that they've filled themselves with, the last thing we want to do is amplify those voices. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so instead realizing, OK, what's happening right now? So let me give you an example. Recently, my husband and I had a little a little tiff, and I don't even remember what it was about. Yeah. Right. I know. I was 100 percent certain that I was right. Mm-hmm. And he was 100 percent certain that he was right. And in my self-awareness, I could I, I, I go inside and without thinking, oh, my gosh, Richie is the worst. I'm so <laughs> mad at him. Yeah. Like I cannot see if he did all these things um, or thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so amazing. And I can't believe he cannot see this is as clear as day. Instead, I go inside from a space of curiosity and I say, let's look at this objectively. And it's sort of like puzzle pieces. And I'm just sort of flipping them over. I'm not going to have an opinion about every piece. I'm not going to go, ooh, this piece is so gross. I can't even believe it. This shape is awful. I'm just looking at the pieces and flipping them over, getting them all right side up. And then slowly finding the corner pieces and just sort of putting it together without any kind of judgment, without any kind of opinions, just really looking at what's what and allowing what is to be what is. Um,
1: allowing. I love that. That's self-awareness. Allowing. I could go on
2: and on. That's the, the most simple way that I can explain it. But the ultimate goal of our self-awareness is compassion. Compassion towards okay. us, towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. And also towards others, being willing to be filled with compassion and love and experience things as they are from a space of as much love as we possibly can. Because I believe that at the purest state, our default, every single one of us, even my crazy husband who thinks he's right, when I'm totally right, yes, (laughs) even him, his default is a space of love and compassion Mm -hmm. as is mine. Uh, and if, if we can look at things with uh, with greater insight and through a lens of compassion and love, everything changes.
3: Well, and there's gosh, so much think about power our, in that.
2: There really is. Think about our ability to look at the messy state of our progression
3: mm-hmm. and to
2: not see these funks and these hardships as setbacks, but instead to see them as you know, it's like that quote that's been that's been going around the internet. And um, I. Like when there's darkness, it's easy to assume that you've been buried when in fact you've been planted, right? What if, in any circumstance, when you felt as though you had just been so, you know, knocked down or the rug had been pulled out from under you or you just felt off and awful or whatever, whatever, whether it's circumstantial or whether it's from your own thinking or whatever is going on, what if instead of approaching each of those circumstances as another slap in the face or well, there it is. The other shoe just dropped. What if instead you said, I've been planted? I've been planted. I've been planted by a, a divine light that is greater than anything that I could possibly imagine. And I'm being nurtured. And as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm going to grow into something greater than I could even comprehend.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful, Natalie. And, and so... Real, I mean, this is anchored in real life crap, you know, for you. Like this is not learned just on a cloud somewhere while you're just enjoying everything great and amazing that life has to offer you. This is this is cultivated through the hardest experiences you can face on the earth. And there's so much more that I know you've experienced too that uh connect to what you've learned here. And I'm just really grateful that you would share. How that relates to what you've gone through and the clients you've worked with. And I just had one final question on it. How does someone know when it's a funk or when it's a sign that they need to change directions? that maybe this is not just a period of them getting lost in a lack of self-awareness, but really it's actually a sign that things need to shift dramatically in their lives or they need to stop doing something or start doing something.
2: We're, we're wiser than we know. And mm-hmm. because I don't have a long time to elaborate on this, yeah. I think that that's maybe the very best thing that I can say. I think so many of us have developed an, imp- an impulsive need to have external validation and opinions and information so much so that we have neglected really growing and developing that space within ourselves where we can communicate with God or the divine or whatever language you want to use. It's unimportant to me, but all of us would agree that there's some kind of life giving source, and that that source is all knowing. Um, I think about my, when I said earlier that what a blessing it was to go through so many hard things. And Mm -hmm. I really appreciated what you said about how, we all go through different versions of hard things, but that heavy and hard is heavy and hard, and it doesn't have to be a hierarchy, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's that a yes. child has died or that you know it could be anything. But what what I have found in one one place where I really do believe that I was blessed and that I was lucky is that when when the stakes are as high as they are with some of the hard things that I've gone through, whether it was you know my my brother passing away having to bury my son, or um, we had a failed adoption after two years mm-hmm. of um, having those three kids in our home uninterrupted, like a hundred percent, they were ours. And then one day they yeah. weren't. Yeah. And um, there's just been, I had a stroke at 38 or 35, excuse mm-hmm. me. And, you know, these things that just show up. And I think that the gift inside of them, the greatest gift has been that when stuff is really that obliterative when it really does when there really is no clear way through when there really is not a soul on the planet earth who can come in and say here is what you do then the only place left to go is inside Mm -hmm. and so that is maybe the greatest gift that my hardships have, have given me and it's the way the one way in which I believe that I am uniquely blessed, and that's something I would never wish any one mm-hmm. of the crazy things that have happened in my life on anyone else. Yeah. But that is one thing I wish I could impart on every person: mm-hmm. was to help them break that compulsive um, desire to reach for their iPhone, or yes. to to ask their neighbor, or to see what so and so is doing, or to look in this book. Or what if instead? Your first response was a deep breath and asking that light, that God within you, where do I go next? Because I promise you that if you can develop that habit, that propensity, your life will never be the same. And you will have so much more direction. And even when you're not exactly sure where you're going, which let me be honest, I'm never exactly sure where I'm going.
1: Thank you for the saying only thing.
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly. The Mm -hmm. only thing I'm ever sure of is that I'm going to keep going. That no matter what, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm positive about that because I Mm -hmm. firmly believe that it is easier for God to direct a ship that has already left the harbor. I really do believe that. Mm -hmm. And so as long as I can keep myself in motion, even if I'm not positive about the direction I'm taking, as long as I can say, what's the next good thing I could do here? My best guess (laughs) And trust that my next best guess is enough and that God can redirect me because I'm willing to be redirected. And that's that's my recommendation.
1: Uh, You know, that's so good, especially the moving forward. That really is the point. And I, I really feel like the thing we get caught up in is thinking that we only have one definable mission or purpose or any of that. And and I just believe differently. I believe we make purpose happen by moving forward and, you know, we get directed. Like you said, yeah. I, I don't really feel like there's a really, really wrong turn, you know.
2: I, I yeah, I agree. I, I mean, outside of like very obvious. I know, things, I was going to say as, except
1: like murder, but, you yeah, know.
2: <laughs> as, as a design, there are definitely things that we have agreed upon as yes. like these are not okay behaviors. But exactly. outside of that, I, I agree with you. Um, after we lost our twins and our and our seven year old daughter,
3: um,
2: I just I felt so broken, and I really did feel a lot of um, not self pity necessarily, but I was very aware, for maybe the first time ever, that I had reached a, a quota, so to speak, internally. Like I did not have the capacity to lose anymore. And I I just felt so hollow and so broken and so afraid. And for the first time truly ever in my life, I found myself asking why. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I didn't ask why when my brother died or when my son died. I hurt and I had a lot of other really hard things to deal with. But that idea of why wasn't something that came up. But it did when we lost August and Lulu and Ozzy and And now thinking about it, it it was just such a hard, hard thing um, Mm -hmm. for me because I felt as though I did not have another breath inside my lungs. I had nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, how phrases will come to my mind, like slow and steady wins the race. Um, The phrase that came to my mind during this period of my life was, don't ask why." ask what next Hmm. and so every morning when I woke up and I was just flooded with that feeling of I cannot believe this is my reality and just that ache and that that torment that internal torment instead of allowing myself to get stuck in that space of why me or I can't believe it or or how come or how could you or any of those things I wanted to feel like I had power And I wanted to feel like I had a choice, that I wasn't just stuck, that my life wasn't just hijacked. And by asking what next, I took back my personal power. And it was quite a miraculous thing. And so that would be my encouragement for anyone out there who feels stuck or who isn't sure, you know, how things got to where they are or why they can't seem to break free or just what next. And maybe it's as simple as what can I do in this one moment? Doesn't have to be some big thing. Like, yeah. what am I going to do for the rest of my life? What if uh-huh. <laughs> What am I going to do this afternoon? Mm. Yes, and that can help us create momentum and momentum build. It really does. Um,
1: before Before I let you go, I I, I just want to ask you, you know, a question I didn't prepare you for at all. But this is just more your your life right here, right now. How is progress looking messy for you right now, and how are you working your way through it?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's looking messy right now in that there's a lot that's unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I started this podcast and I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a lot more work than I thought that it would be, I think. Um, it's it also is. easier than I thought in some mm-hmm. ways, but yeah. in lots of ways it's harder. And you know, you're know, you looking ahead and thinking, how do I sustain this? Like, This is so much work. Mm-hmm. And In the beginning, you're not making any money, and (laughs) there's it's just incredibly challenging. And then take all of that and place it next to my desire to be the best mom that I can possibly be, Mm -hmm. and to never um, do anything at the expense of those relationships in my life that matter most, and those values in my life that matter most, which all center around my family.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so every day it's a little clumsy, Um, but. I also know that I'm doing my best. And I really, I say this on my podcast every day, but I really want you to know that it's because I believe it. My best is always enough. It's always enough. And so it's a mess. It is a straight up, if I could say a cuss word, I would say the S-H-I-T word right now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It is a bat
3: storm. Yes.
2: But I'm doing my best and I believe it's enough, and I believe that your best is enough, and I believe every one of you listeners out there, I'm looking at you, I'm talking to you, your best is enough too.
1: Well, we can't end on a better note than that. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the show and teaching all of us and being a part of what is the most beautiful community, I think, out there, and for leading the helm. i just really grateful for you in every way.
2: Oh, and I, you are just so kind and it just means the world, your encouragement and your support and you've just been so welcoming. I, I'm just very, very thankful for this opportunity. Thank you for having me.
1: Such a great Encore episode. Now this month, since it's part of my break, I will not be doing progress pointers for you, but don't worry. Those will appear next month. If you have some of your own pointers from this episode that you were able to collect and learn from and put to practice, you know, it's a great way to share about that. In a dear progressor submission, so go to aboutprogress.com/slash-be-on-the-show to learn how to do that. It's super easy. Don't wait till the end of the month or every other month. Now that we're doing it that way, just send it to me as soon as you think about it. We love to hear from you. And again, another reminder: if you want to really be a guest on the show, if you hear the experts and you're like, "I can do that. I have so much to share with this community," you do. So go to again about aboutprogress.com/slash-be-on-the-show to submit a formal application to be a real bonafide guest on this show. If you love this podcast, I ask a special favor of you this month, especially while I'm taking a break. Can you please leave me a rating and review, especially in iTunes and Apple podcasts, and even better share the show, whether that's through text or email, word of mouth, Or if you do it on social media, still tag me at About Progress. I might hop on there here and there to check in with people and then I can say thank you to you there. But this podcast grows best because of you, not my own effort. So thank you for sharing the show, for supporting the show, and for supporting me. I'm so excited for what's coming in the fall. I'm working really hard this month on some incredible things we have coming up for you and all the members of this community. Thank you so much for being here. Remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor, Beauty Counter. I have been such a huge fan of this cleaner makeup and scare can care skincare. Oh my gosh.
0: Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com